Welcome to Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast. I am your host, Leah. And I'm your host, Adicia. And this is a movie musical podcast where we watch a movie musical and then we talk about it. We are in April in Paris. <laughs> and that means we are in, I don't know. That's like very descriptive. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how, how you would miss what, what is happening today. <laughs> Um, like, yeah, it's very to the point. So we're starting with Moulin Rouge, of course. What else would we start with? An American in Paris? <laughs> Maybe, but no. April in Paris, the one with Doris Day in it? Possibly, but no. <laughs> Instead... <laughs> we're starting with Moulin Rouge, um, which is actually... Like I really like Milaners, so like, yeah, this is this is where we're at. Um, <laughs> <laughs> definitely our first choice. Uh, history? Do you have any? I mean, okay, so this movie came out in two thousand one, so yeah. this is prime me watching things on television time. And I'm pretty sure I saw it on television, probably in two thousand two or whenever it would have come out on HBO mm. or something. I I remember watching it several times over as a child, but like yeah. sp- I don't have a, like a specific memory of it. I just remember as I wouldn't say I was in love with you and McGregor. He's not really like my kind of like guy, but I really <laughs> liked Christian. I was like that <laughs> <laughs> that is um and also I didn't hate the romance aspect of it right. I think because that people didn't lose their minds immediately unlike mm-hmm. some other movies that we've watched um <laughs> like you could you could see the process of them like falling in love over the course of the film and yeah, I, I I just remember really liking it. Also, I was really kind of a little interested in whoever Baz Luhrmann was because he had made Romeo and Juliet. And I was just like, oh, he also made this. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll probably like it. And I did. How about you? What's your history? Well, like you, I'm a fan of what I would like to call... Baz Luhrmann's trio of chaotic, tragic love stories, um, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, Romeo plus Juliet, Moulin Rouge, and uh, The Great Gatsby are part of. Uh, they are movies full of excess, and like the editing is wild in all of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, like truly wild. I mean, Moulin Rouge, it like above both of them. Like, truly above both of them. (laughs) It's also the only musical in all three. And the only one that doesn't have Leonardo DiCaprio. Interesting. Um, But yeah, Milan Rouge. I watched that when I was like 10. I'm pretty sure. Not even pretty sure. I'm very, absolutely, 100% sure. This is the very first time, ladies and gentlemen, gems and germs. This is the very first time I cried (laughs) when a character died. The genesis of a sobbing Leah. This is not to say I cried ever after that until like very recently. (laughs) But um, 
I, I, that was the first time I cried. And then I was like, oh my God, this is the best movie ever, apparently. So I, was, I really love Moulin Rouge. I don't know how many times I've seen it. I do own the DVD. <laughs> that much I know. But yeah, that's, that's, this is kind of my history. Also, like, the only flex I have, <laughs> which I, like, just said off air, was that uh, I retain remarkably more than, I think, any other movie we've covered so far, possibly. That feels like a little bit of a lie. Um, <laughs> but like one of the more more remembered lyrics of, 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 all of, of all of the movies that we've covered, especially the elephant love medley. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I can't believe I remember all of this. There are things to discuss, of course, but like we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> Until then, <laughs> we open. <laughs> Or before so, that, do you have any information to give us? <laughs> right, so if you're listening to this podcast, then you would know that there's a Moulin Rouge musical that mm -hmm. is based off of this movie film. I think it was originated with, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Aaron Tveit, who won the Tony for yes. it. He was the only person nominated, nominated yes. the year that he won. Also, Derek Klenna just got um, cast in that role. But yeah, they've changed a few things in the musical song-wise from how it is in the movie. And I'm pretty sure their soundtrack is available to listen to, so you can go and listen to that yourself and see um, if you prefer the movie's soundtrack or the musical's version of it. Oh, I love how you also mentioned that Leonardo DiCaprio wasn't in this when he auditioned for Christian, so he was almost in it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why that <laughs> I don't know why that tickled me. He, he... I'm so sorry, Leo. I did not mean to laugh like that. <laughs> I'm sure he, he'll take it to heart. According to this, it was him and also Jake Gyllenhaal was considered and potentially Heath Ledger as well. So we could have we could have had a Moulin Rouge with Heath Ledger. Like, that's interesting soak that in like I'm still let me not go on a tirade about things that Heath Ledger could have been in that I'm still sorry about <laughs> <laughs> still salt there are so many movies <laughs> I'm salty about um anyway, anyway this movie musical like it takes a lot of themes from different places and it also references a lot of movies in the way that some things are like shot which I feel like that's uh, more trivia than anything but we open in I think the year 1900 with a man Ewan McGregor whose character is Tristan Tristan Christian and he is well actually technically okay so there's like this meta thing in the, in the very very opening like I, I keep talking about the opening but we have to yeah. go back even further so we have this very tiny yeah. man and it opens on curtains with the orchestra conductor and then it's the um, 20th century logo as the curtains part yes but in the film that conductor is the conductor for the play that is written mm -hmm. that foreshadows the story that 
Christian and Satine. It's like are... meta upon meta <laughs> upon meta. And like, it gets like, it's like, so, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's like, why? Why are there so many layers, Baz? It, Please. It's so, like, I feel like this was so lost on me when I was like a kid. But I was just like, mm. oh, wait. Same. So they're in the play, they're telling yep. the story. <laughs> Got it. And then it not only is including parts that already happened, but also foreshadows what's going to happen in the movie externally of the Christian. Okay, I got it. But let me let me try and actually start this explanation. So after we get past the meta opening of curtains parting on the film, we have Christian, who is a writer. He's a little bedraggled. Ooh, we have like a man. First, we have like a man, oh, yes. like on a yes. roof, who's like just like singing, like there was a boy, a very strange enchanted boy. Blah 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 blah. The only thing <laughs> you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. And then we get yes. Christian, and he's writing and talking about love and this story of a tragedy that befell him and he's telling it to us as he's already written it and is writing it at the same time but it's it's a story of it gets so messy at me (laughs) (laughs) what i'm sorry sorry please go on what uh yes he's writing this story (laughs) My God. Anyway, we've been trying to open this for like 10 minutes now. I know. I'm <laughs> so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Go on. Yes. And he's, he, he, uh. during this opening, as he's setting the scene of him being a young man from England who has traveled to Paris to be at the heart of the Bohemian Revolution against the wishes of his father. He says that the woman that he loves is dead and he goes back in time to 1899 to when he is struggling to... Well, he's writing, but he doesn't have experience of love. So even though he wants to write about all of these beautiful things, he doesn't have that life experience. So yeah. he is in his room, and then a man falls through his ceiling, unconscious. An Argentinian, mm. immediately followed by a short man, Henri Toulouse-Lautrec, known as Toulouse, who is a real person. If you didn't know that, you're learning that with us today. (laughs) But he (laughs) comes in and apparently there are a performing troupe that live above him that are trying to work out a play known as Spectacular Spectacular, which seems to be a version of The Sound of Music. It's a goat yes. herder set in Switzerland, and they're trying. Oh, also, like the reason that the Argentinian like crashes through 
Uh, well, it's not truly fully explained how and why yes. he crashes through, but like partly, uh, part of that reason is that he's narcoleptic. Gonna, I don't know I'm how that's assume, contributed. So, like, they have this mountain set upstairs, so I'm gonna assume he was at the top of it and mm. he fell, and the momentum carried him through the floor. <laughs> sure, cool. I've, you know, I'm gonna adopt that. I'm gonna adopt that as the theory as well. <laughs> But they're currently still working on the music and they're trying to figure out who's going to do the Argentinian's part while he's unconscious. And suddenly Christian is now thrust into the role of the goat herd as the rest of the troupe are arguing over the lyrics to this particular song. And Christian, being a writer, he... Mm -hmm like comes up with something and he's trying to tell them but they're all too busy talking over each other to hear him so he ends up singing <laughs> and he just belts out the hills are alive <laughs> with the sound of music and they're like oh everyone just stops there's like oh oh wow these lyrics and Toulouse suggests that him, Christian, and Audrey, the other writer, work together, but Audrey's not having it, and so leaves, leaving Christian to take the role of writer for their play very suddenly. They think that with mm -hmm. Christian being the writer, the play will now be able to impress Hausdiegel so they can get financed to actually put it on. Uh, because they have no money because they are poor mm -hmm. bohemians which again is one of the draws not one of the draws one of the callbacks there we go i was about to say drawbacks and i'm like it's not a drawback it's a callback to another play which is la bohème which is also the inspiration for rent uh <laughs> somehow a mainstay on this podcast i mean yeah. not somehow like but it it's just also <laughs> bit, um, they play so i realized this when i was watching the intro again they play a part of um the music from orpheus going down so it it, it the the whole musical is also a bit inspired by orpheus and eurydice where you have like the poor musician and the woman but and they keep referencing that they're creatures of the underworld and uh, <laughs> you know you know you know you know you know i see <laughs> damn okay okay yeah <laughs> i'm putting things together uh, yeah yeah, yeah. So it's not it's 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 like it's a couple things. Um, where was like, I? But yes, yeah, so they're trying to impress. Does Paris not have that, a concept that, they... that he'll say no to. <laughs> <laughs> he does not no, have an idea he'll say no to. I think that's why it works well. Also, because it's not just the one thing. So it's not like a direct copy sure. of Love Ham, and it's not specifically like it's not Hades Town, but yeah. it's you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, um, yeah, it's so... several things, yeah. So the way that they're going to get Ziedler to agree is through Satine, who is a, a very popular performer and Harold's favorite performer, who seems to be friends with... We haven't met any of them yet, 
but it appears that Toulouse has connection with Satine. Satine, by being Hal's favorite, will be the path that they get to getting money for this play. So Christian agrees to go and meet Satine at the Moulin Rouge and feed her some of his poetry so she can see that he's talented and, you know, be on their side. Yes. So... And he's After nervous. They... And then they give him absinthe. And then they're all yes. high. <laughs> and Kylie Minogue. And then Kylie Minogue the appears. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so after the absinthe, they go to the Moulin Rouge with Christian dressed in the Argentinian's best suit. And it is just a feast of depravity and of women doing the can-can. Mm. And... All of showing these. their <laughs> undergarments scandal. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, so apparently, in order to keep it PG thirteen, which I don't understand how they did at the time, <laughs> they didn't like yeah. have it completely accurate because apparently women at that point in time in the Moulin Rouge would be wearing split knickers, so there would be a split in the yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> And that is specifically why he's like, you're gonna, his dad was like, you're gonna lose yourself to a courtesan. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, mm. no. So they head to the Moulin Rouge and it's, it's a, it's a fun party. It's, it's a great time. It's chaotic as fuck. Like, <laughs> it, it really is. Um, but we have, it's like a medley of Lady Marmalade and mm. with, with like Ziedler talking over it and then, there's like smells like teen spirit like here we are entertain us with all the guests coming in so we have like the can can ladies the courtesans being like um and then we have the men just like here we are also and yeah then we get the some of the men uh in that scene are like wearing tutus and stuff and there are clowns and all that and all of those references are based off of paintings that the real Toulouse made of the Moulin Rouge. Wow. Yeah. Okay. They were just eating up all of the sources. They were like, this is what it looks mm. like. Okay, put it in there. No one's going to know, but we will. <laughs> just... <laughs> but we will. You know what? I respect that. I do. I do. I Yeah, no, I respect that 100%. <laughs> like, it's like, I mean... Like, I know. I know. <laughs> it's like Toulouse Lautrec, real person. He made paintings of the mm. Moulin Rouge. They might not be accurate, mm. but they're going in there. <laughs> After all of this partying and everything, everything stops. And there's confetti that comes down. And all of the men turn and look up into the center where there is sitting on, I forget what they're called. Uh, it's not a full swing, but she's sitting up in the sky, Satine coming down in like this glittery diamond desk, uh, tight fitting dress. With a top and hat. she's singing with a top hat and she's singing uh Diamonds Are Girls Best friend. friend. And she's um, it start uh, this is a, I think literally the first time I'd ever heard the song. The French uh 
Glad to die for love. The delight in many homes. Da 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 da. We all know the lyrics. The diamonds are a girl's best friend. And then later, there's a bit where they do the normal like Cartier. Da da da. And then she switches a little bit for like two seconds to. And we are living in a material world, and I am a material girl. I love. <laughs> this sequence <laughs> Nicole Kidman is just like I love her so fucking much like oh no she she ate up this role this like she... oh my god I am <laughs> <laughs> she did she did so well I think this is one of the was this one of the first movies I saw her in I think it was but yes so Ziegler at that same time event had arranged for there to be a dupe there in order Mm. to possibly get some finances investments to change the club into a theater so that Satine could become a proper actress and that was the plan and (laughs) classic mistaken identity (laughs) ensues the 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 swap route because Toulouse, I think maybe he had informed Satine about it, but maybe he hadn't. Still, the Duke and Christian are sitting like in booths that are next to each other. And Toulouse goes across and ends up spilling something on the Duke, and he's trying to clean the Duke up. Ziedler sees this and tells Satine that the Duke is the person that Toulouse is shaking the napkin at. Toulouse, by this point, has gone over to Christian to get a napkin from him, so she spots Toulouse talking to Christian and thinks he is the Duke. And by the time Ziegler turns back around... Also, specifically, Christian is giving him the napkin, so, like, the napkin is visible. Yes. So by the time Ziegler turns around again to to check if... um, Because Satine asks if he was sure, Toulouse has already gone back to the actual Duke, and so... He thinks it's 100% accurate. So then Satine goes over and picks Christian for her dance, her lady's choice dance. And I'm afraid it's <coughs> lady's choice. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I just, I can't. I love, I just, yeah, sorry. Go on. <laughs> Christian is thinking that Satine is aware of what Toulouse talked to him about. So once they get out to do the dance, he starts talking about doing things in private, poetry readings, and she's like, oh. she's like, a poetry reading. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know what innuendo is. And it's like, no, he's being so literal, babe. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, they agree to meet in I think it's the elephant room which is Satine's I don't think it's Satine's room but it's like where she like conducts business so Mm -hmm. Christian is waiting in the elephant and Satine appears and she is like she's oh also she faints oh yes she does right she faints off of the swing up in the air and falls into the arms of Le Chocolat and which naming the one black guy chocolate <laughs> I was waiting I was waiting to see I... what you're gonna say. 
you know, it's it's fine. It's fine. Everyone, almost everyone yeah. in there had questionable names. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like, I, it, in that context, like, I can't blame that one for just yeah. being chocolate. Um, but still. Yeah. Anywho. Just, yeah. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. wheel it back. Um, so she faints and she's carried backstage and Ziegler, you know, he he's a showman. He maintains the crowd while they take her backstage. Some of the other girls, one in particular named Nini, um, appears to be a bit jealous of Satine because she makes like these little side comments about how the Duke's probably not going to get his money's worth that night after Satine faints. She's brought mm. back by Marie, who seems to be not the doctor, but just like someone who takes care of the girls backstage. Maybe she's like one of the older workers that doesn't work anymore. I don't know. We don't get a lot of her backstory mm. uh, or, or any to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she just seems to, to take care of Satine and it gives her some smelling salts and brings her back up. But she still coughs and passes out. And when she coughs, Marie realizes that there's blood on her tissue. And we can understand that it's something severe from the look on her face, but no words are spoken to say what that's about. Mm. When it appears that Satine isn't coming back out, then, you know, Ziegler's like, oh, you scared her away. But there are many girls here for you to play with, so enjoy yourselves, or whatever. Later on that night, when it's arranged for the Duke to go up to the elephant, Satine, who's arranged with Ziedler to be a, like, seductive temptress-type person. Which I find it so... She was wearing a red dress when we saw her with Ziedler, but then we went up to the elephant. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say that, because I was like, what happened? what happened she like she because she she asks while they were dancing prior to like her picking christian Mm -hmm. being like what does he want seductress like damsel i don't know whatever she gives like options of like the type of woman that she's going to play for him and they decide cool whatever she goes you know she faints whatever she wakes up she gets dressed she's in this like she's being like corseted into this like super tight red dress and she has these black satin um, gloves on and she's like seductress da 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 and Ziegler's like great perfect go and then (laughs) she enters the room in fucking like a (laughs) a black corset and (laughs) and, like a lace like fucking thing like robe and I'm like what 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 was what was the red for did you did you change did you why was that not communicated to us? That must have been like a like a cut scene and they just I like feel, forgot or something. It feels I don't like know. a continuity error because she brings back that red dress later yeah. on for uh the elephant yeah. love medley thing. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah. did they put that in later and forget that that scene was right before that one? So we're in the elephant now. Black corset. Satine is ready. She's like oh, would you like a bit of supper, some champagne before we start? And Christian's just like, oh no, I would like to get this over with as well. <laughs> right away. <laughs> and she's just like, yep. oh, well, okay. <laughs> so she like goes on the bed 
And he's like, it's, it, and he's, he gets off, he's like, it, it's quite modern what I do. See, it's, <laughs> it's quite long. Because, no, because he said, uh, oh, aren't you, she's like, aren't you coming to me? She's like, no, I prefer to do it standing. <laughs> he's just like, what? Standing. I was like, all of these innuendos <laughs> went over my head. They went over my head right? as a child. <laughs> I didn't remember any of this. You see, it's quite long. It's quite modern what I do. But I know you might quite like it. I don't remember what the other ones were. But but then he's like nervous and he's like he's like, I just need a little bit of inspiration. And she like comes up and she, Oh, also by uh, I let's not forget she is doing the absolute <laughs> most the whole time. The entire time she is doing everything and anything. <laughs> She's just I can't I like I I I can't imitate it. Please go watch the fucking movie. Like I I will say that later, but like just do it. But like she's doing the most this this entire scene up until like they get serious, but like the entire time she's just like overacting. And it's wonderful and perfect and I love everything about it. As as she's overacting and she's doing anything and anything to like make the duke being pleasurable which is kind of because she she's she initially is trying to just anticipate what he might want because this isn't normally how this goes i guess Mm. so when it turns out he actually wants to read poetry she's just like oh oh poetry and she's just writhing on the floor in a blanket in a fur blanket just like oh yes 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 just crying out eventually christian just turns away to the window and just sings out my gift is is my my song song. (laughs) and this one's for you and you can tell anybody oh my god yes oh I love I love everything about this. They have a great time <laughs> singing your song. It's oh. fabulous. But of course, she's like, oh, I think I'm in love. <laughs> and he's like handsome and young. And yeah, it doesn't hurt that he's a duke or something like that. And he's like, a duke? No, I'm a writer. And she's like, ah, ah. I'm not what? She's, um she's very upset because this whole time we neglected to mention that Toulouse and the other um, troop have been on the roof <laughs> yes <laughs> they've been like How could we sort forget? <laughs> of watching eavesdropping on this whole situation so Toulouse is in the window when this revelation happens that oh this is another one of his terribly talented writers or whatever and Satine is just she's flabbergasted she's just like I can't believe this is happening right now and she's like what about the duke it's like you have to get out of here because the duke is coming and they go to open the door and the duke is outside with Ziedler so he can't go that way and Christian is a complete blockhead because he's not listening to what she's talking about like he does not sense the urgency in this situation at all He's like reading a room. But Never he, heard of her. He ends up still being in the room when Ziedler comes in, and Satine just kind of kicks him down to hide him behind her see-through rope, uh, and like push him, push him like just behind the table that had yep. like the little refreshments on it. And then the Duke comes in. She is doing 
anything and everything to keep his eyes on her. <laughs> Listen, she is back <laughs> on her shit. <laughs> she is back on like, her shit from the beginning of the scene. <laughs> she's like, oh, maybe a little champagne. And Christian is just like peeking up above the table. I'm just like, boy we can see you of course he right right next to the table is gonna see you like and like satine is like trying her best not to get this man in trouble and he is just so dumb he's so dumb but she manages using christian's uh song from earlier from repeating the words from your song in order to ploy the duke and get him to think that she's mm-hmm. in love with him and he gets these little sparkles but she does make a point uh-huh. she does make a point of looking at christian when she says the how wonderful life is now you're in the world like she does like because she's looking at the duke the entire time until that line and i was like nicely done satine <laughs> nicely done Mm-hmm. Um, and you think that this might be the moment where Christian is about to leave but nope he tries to no he tries to go out the door but um, the duke's guard is right out there so he slams the door uh, which triggers the duke to want to turn around so she has to like pull his attention towards the bed and she tries to get him to go out the window and Christian sees her like kissing on the duke and stuff and he stands there and looks at her and i'm just like boy (laughs) you just met you have no claim to her mouth and her love Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. what the hell like why are you just standing there um yeah but there's like no sense of urgency i feel like we've been here before mm, <laughs> feels like last episode mm, mm. all of these men just making decisions that make me want to throttle them um, <laughs> just 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 like just women doing the most to try to save their lives anyways so Christian doesn't leave fully. Uh, Satine manages to convince the Duke to get out and that they'll sleep together uh, because the thing that she quoted was a line from a new play, spectacular, spectacular. And they have to wait for opening night because she's so focused on this play right now and he needs to get out. And so she pushes him out the door and then she goes back to Christian and I'm just like, oh my God. Like, you were so close. You almost got away with it. <laughs> you almost got almost. away with it. But because she was so stressed out by the situation, it triggers her fainting. Well, like, she has consumptions. She has tuberculosis. She, she's, like... But because she was so stressed out, like, she lost breath, and then she fainted again. And so Christian was just holding on to Satine here. And... Initially, like, Ziegler, looking through a telescope, thinks everything is fine um, because he can see someone in there with Satine. But he, Christian, lays Satine on the bed. And as he's, like, laying her, like, legitimately not being untoward to her, the Duke comes back in and sees them and is just like, foul play. Mm -hmm. What is this? And Satine comes to very slowly and she's just like, oh... 
this is the writer of the play I called an emergency rehearsal. I was just so inspired <laughs> by, you know, you and, and everything that we just had together that I just needed to rehearse the play right away. And were it not for the fact that Toulouse and the rest of the party are eavesdropping little... <laughs> We're literally just like hanging over the window. Because like... <laughs> they, they, they literally saved Satine's plot uh, because they came in mm. at that very moment. And of course, Satine has a piano, so uh, the composer sat down and the Argentinian is there. Everyone is there. <laughs> and Ziedler because he's looking through a telescope, he can now see this party of people in the elephant. He goes down, and when the Duke asks, if this was a rehearsal, then why is Ziedler not here? And Ziedler just comes through <laughs> immediately. So everything works out fine! Yeah. And now they potentially have a thing to present to the Duke about so that he can invest and when Ziedler hears invest from Satine he's like oh yes invest ah perfect and so spectacular spectacular starts to come alive as the Duke asks what the plot of the play is and Ziedler turns to Toulouse and Toulouse then turns to Christian who tells the story of this penniless sitar player what I say (laughs) Why? Because, like, they said, they they say uh, yeah. Switzerland or whatever, right? And I guess the Duke is, like, not necessarily impressed or whatever, which is, like, that's fine. You could have won him over with some other detail, but fine, whatever. Christian's like, no, <laughs> nah, India. I'm like, <laughs> that's it. Like, there's so many, like, European <laughs> cultures. Like, there are, like, a lot. You absolutely could have gone to Spain. I feel like you absolutely could have gone to Spain. That feels, like, doable. Like, it's close enough to where you are literally right now, you know? Oh, my God. But, yeah, no, they're, they go to India, I guess, for this story. But, yes, India. And they're... But he's, he's like basing it on what's inside the elephant room. And it seems like setting, or maybe that's just like how the room is modeled to, to be mm. India theme. So there's sure. a sitar. So he's like a penniless uh, sitar player. And there's an evil Maharaja and a beautiful courtesan. And this is when everything gets a little meta. Because... Christian is now basing the plot of this on the current goings-on where the Maharaja is the Duke and he is the sitar player and Satine is the courtesan. And we get the song. It's exciting. It'll go for 50 years. So they basically go through the entire plot of this proposed play, which includes foreshadowing of the things that are going to happen to them in real life. But, like, no one's paying attention, I guess. So when when it comes to the end... Also, like, the Duke at some point is like, (laughs) and in the end someone will die? And I'm like, why? I'm like, well, 
we know that because mm-hmm. Christian already told us. But like, <laughs> but why must you demand it, sir? They get to the end, and the Duke decides that he likes it for the most part, and he agrees to invest. And they have a play, and it's being financed, and now the theater will actually be a thing. It's all very exciting. So Christian now actually has to write the play that he talked about for like 10 minutes in the pitch. And he's, he's like struggling to concentrate because all he can think about is this woman that he met. You know, it was just such an intriguing point. And Satine is also up as well because they have to actually start rehearsals for this thing. I think they start singing here like they're in opposite windows it's very taylor swift and they're (laughs) yes because he because he says something along the lines of like i'm thinking of her and like i was wondering whether or not she was thinking of me and she's off there like thinking about her acting career i mean like i'm sure she's also thinking of him and just like one day i'll fly away etc yes so she goes up on top of the elephant and he climbs up the elephant to meet her and she's just like it's surprised to see him again so soon and she's like oh well it's nice to see you but uh you have a big day tomorrow um so i'm gonna go and he's like, wait, no, uh, I want to thank you because without you, we couldn't have convinced Ziegler and all of these things. And it's like, she's like, oh, yeah, you're very talented. All you need is love. Please don't stop that again. <laughs> all you need is love. No, because he love. said, so in the earlier, when he was in with the, uh, the goat herd before all of this, he had said exactly, love, yeah. love is a many splendor thing. Love. Love lifts us up. Where uh, love is a many splendor thing. Lifts us up where and we he said belong. That to the truth. All you need is and then love. Again, here in front yeah, of the team, he please. says it in the exact same order. A gal has got to eat. We'll stand up on the street. All you need is love, 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 love. Love is just a game. And then we get the whole medley, which is like a bunch of love songs or a bunch of songs that have the word love in them, which I guess <laughs> essentially are love songs. We could be heroes. Oh my god, I love this medley so much. It's so good. (laughs) If nothing else, go listen to it, please. (laughs) So yes, a gentle reminder that this is set in the past of the present Christian, who is still tip-tapping this story as he is telling it to us. So he's now in the part of his story where he's in love with Satine but we have the Duke who is still a character and he in order to secure financing this theater that Siedler once built it's going to be very costly and he wants a deal that will bind Satine to him exclusively and also he wants the deed to the Moulin Rouge. Mm. So he wants full possession of Satine and everything that she 
is a part of which excuse me because he's like he's like wrinkling his hat when he's like scream softly about how he doesn't like when people touch his property i'm just like (sighs) i mean he's like truly the most slimiest of characters well played (laughs) also because like that voice oh my god (laughs) satine and christian still have their like relationship blossoming because they're like meeting in secret and having all because they keep having these rehearsals so they always have a reason to be together and the duke for the most part appears to be clueless as to their intentions even though one time he comes in like right after they were kissing and you can see the lipstick smear (laughs) so fucking clearly and i'm like sir i just like you i like are you can you see their face? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't that? matter, I guess. So the the show continues to be built. Sure. Um, the theater is being built out of the Moulin Rouge. You know, everything is going according to plan for the most part. Christian comes up when Santino and Duke are sitting next to each other and he wants to work on a scene, quote unquote, but really he's asking if Satine will meet him for dinner later on that night and the duke had it planned that they would have supper he had arranged for a supper uh with satine at eight o'clock or something like that and so satine's like no you know rehearsing the scene is very important and we will have the lovers will be meeting um in the, in the Bodella three or whatever whatever the scene is called that was the question that was asked <laughs> it's true it's uh, true i'm so fucking shameless too like but uh, oh the Duke is God. unhappy and he goes to Ziedler to complain that Satine's love for him is waning and, you know, like he's going to be pulling funding if he can't get her to do what he wants. And Ziedler's like, no, 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 it's fine. Uh, she, I will tell her to cancel her rehearsal and she will meet you. At this time, he looks up and he can see that Satine and Christian are like kissing against one of the like upper balconies and just no shame. Like they're so into each other. They're not thinking. And senseless. (laughs) So senseless. (laughs) But I guess better than like, you know, they've known each other a little while by now, I guess. So yeah. But Ziedler just, he just manages to stop the Duke from seeing them. So he he is pissed off because he's like, you're risking all of us because it's not just you, it's the D to the Moulin Rouge. He could like grind this place into dust and we would all have no place to be like, what the fuck, Satine? So by the time he goes up, Christian and Satine have already arranged to meet each other for dinner at eight o'clock that night and when Zeeler comes up he is pissed off he's like you have to stop this like whatever this is you have going on you have to not do this because he the duke has the deed to the moulin rouge he is gonna wreck us all yeah. uh <laughs> Like it's, like, like, it's not kitty games, girl. Like, it's, 
real serious up here. Yeah. You're, it's not a, it's not just you at this point. It's like literally all of us. So. Yeah. And also it's like, it's not like the Duke has been mean to her at this point. Yeah. He hasn't like done anything just, bad to her. Like lame. He's lit. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like, uh, not a great guy. He's not Christian. And yeah, it's like he is giving her everything. And he Doodler essentially tells her to meet the Duke at eight in the tower. Like, that is where you're going to go. But she is so... Every time she gets really stressed out, she starts to, like, wheeze and cough in her lungs. Like she's having an attack, which she is. And this happens again. So she passes out, but it's a bigger one this time. Time is passing. Christian is waiting for her. The Duke is waiting for her. She's in neither of those places. And Deedler is in the tower with the Duke. And the Duke is about to walk away and give up. Deedler is just like, she's confessing. <laughs> and the Duke is like, I'm not an idiot. Deedler. No, she... No just felt the need to confess all of her sins to start her life anew because you make her feel like a virgin and i for the very first time like a her 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 gym. <laughs> gets me every time i didn't like the sequence when i was a kid because I had no, because I hadn't heard the song like a virgin by Madonna yet by the time I watched this sure. movie. So I was just like, why yeah. are they talking about being a virgin? I don't understand. <laughs> I, I legitimately did not understand why this was happening because I had not heard that song. I was just like, I don't think I like yeah. this song. <laughs> like, why does it matter? <laughs> oh, uh, the show tunesification of the song. It's the. The all of the dancing, I just it's wow. Okay, I was like an interpretation, if I've ever seen one. <laughs> oh boy! I mean, it's it's a good sequence though. It it looks like it would be fun to film, uh, because yeah. they just they're just running around on the tables and everything, and like the Duke is like after once he's convinced he's like chasing Ziedler uh with his, with his flapping robe it's <laughs> just <laughs> Ziegler who like they end the song with him having this like uh the, the cloth on his head mm-hmm. being sateen I suppose and they do this like the harmony like like a virgin. I'm just like wow <laughs> Wow. (laughs) But yeah, no, Christian uh, eventually gives up for the night. And we find out that Satine is actually really ill. Like, she has consumption. This is where we find out now. And she is dying. Like, she... They asked if she was going to be up by that evening earlier on, but she clearly wasn't. And like, she'll be up by the next morning, which she was. They informed Ziedler, who then decided not to tell her, which I'm just like, yeah. why would you not? I, 
I was thinking about that too. I was like, I don't know how, like, I don't know what's worse. <laughs> like knowing I'm dying in a few days or like, and like, you know, and like being like, okay, well I have to say goodbye to everybody or whatever. And I'm depressed about it. Or like, just like living my life. And then one day I'm just like not here, but like everybody else knew I wouldn't be betrayed. Like I wouldn't feel betrayed cause I wouldn't know. But like at the same time, I'm like, if the afterlife exists, I would be. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they decide not to tell her. So when she yeah. is in Christian's room the next morning, and Christian is just being like a jealous little writer boy, and he's like, yeah. he's like, where were you last night? And she's like, I was sick. She is told the truth. Which is true. <laughs> She's like, I was sick. And like, she was coughing like on the bed as well. So it's not like, maybe he thought like she was like pretending to like fuel the story that she was going to tell him. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Essentially. Essentially. But he's like, you don't have to lie to me. You can just tell me. And she's like i think she's not feeling well still so she's just like we have to end this because you being this jealous when i'm telling the truth is not going to work out when i actually have to go and sleep with someone which i do like she's like i need i'm going to have to sleep with the duke on opening night and the jealousy is going to drive you crazy if you're acting like this right yep. now <laughs> And yeah. Christian is just like, oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Wait, no, um, let's go back. Uh, we, like, we can, I can, we can make up a song so that we know that when, when you hum it or when you sing it, like, we'll know, like, it's a secret song and we'll know that we love each other no matter what. And she's... Uh, and these fucking idiots <laughs> put it in the play! <laughs> But, like, I don't mind them putting it in the play, but they label it as that. <laughs> no, they literally, again, Krishna is literally just writing from his life, like, verbatim at this point. He's just like, okay, oh so this is, the, this is the part in the play when the lovers make a secret song so that the Maharaja doesn't know that there's, but, but whenever they sing it, they'll know that they're in love. And it, I'm just like... Like, you literally could have just said, and this is the part where they sing a love song <laughs> at each other. And this song will come up a bunch of times. It doesn't matter why. <laughs> and then, like, and then we know, because we've been privy to the information that this is a song between them so they can, like, be reassured of their relationship or whatever mm -hmm. the fuck. But, like, why the fuck would you put it in the play? Like, that specific information in the play christian please use your he, brain i can't already established from the beginning that he doesn't have a brain like he's very talented writer but he has no <laughs> common sense we we've established yeah, that <laughs> but yes so we have like a little mini montage of scenes of them rehearsing the song uh even when they're out on a picnic with the duke like they're singing to each other in the guise of rehearsal, I guess, while the Duke is like looking at a frog, I don't know. And yeah. they're just singing to each other. And never knew I could feel like this. 
But we get to another one of those rehearsals where the Argentinian is actually like we can see like the frame of the Argentinian against Satine, but Satine is looking at Christian while while they're singing. So because like can you not? (laughs) So Nini is uh, there like massaging the Duke's shoulders or whatever as he's watching the goings on, and she's just like. Mm. This ending silly. Why would uh, the courtesan fall for the penniless writer? I mean, the star player. And uh... <laughs> no bitch. <laughs> She's, she's jealous of Satine. We established that since the beginning. I mean, they wheeled know, her unconscious, fainted body backstage, and she made a joke. She doesn't like <laughs> Satine. <laughs> I guess. Oh my god. I mean, the sitar player. <laughs> and she walks off as so satisfied with herself. And I'm just like. And of course, you know? like. The Duke then starts to put two and two together. I guess he was just so infatuated with Satine and whatever words Dealer had managed to ply him with up until this point. Yeah. But he's like looking. He's looking at them and he's like, Oh, I see. I have been played for a fool this whole time. And so they come to the end of the number. And it's like this big uh, scene and everyone's like singing the same thing. And he's like, I don't like the ending. Uh, why would the courtesan go for the sitar player when the Maharaja is offering him everything? And it's a Because he's senseless. He is so senseless. He's just like, because she doesn't love him. And I'm like, I mean, I literally, God, I literally I pause just... it. No, because so he, the Duke had asked to change the ending, and Zila was like, "Oh, but that's impossible at this point, you know, because like the it's the opening is tomorrow. We can't change yeah. the whole ending." Um, and Toulouse is like, "No, I want." Uh, no, um, the Duke is like, "No, I want her to go with the Maharaja." And Toulouse is like, "But that goes against all of the beauty and the truth and the love and everything that so, we stand yeah. for in the the Bohemian and." I don't care about your dogma. Yeah. It's like I want my ending and then Christian yells out because she doesn't love you. And I paused the movie. I was just like, oh my god, Christian. Literally, <laughs> I was just like, wow. So like it felt like so much longer because I paused it. It was just like stirring inside. And I was just like, oh. Um, and then he's like, him. She doesn't love him. <sighs> and so Satine now, who's actually a pretty good actress, like she's yeah. <laughs> she's she's not bad. Yeah. I think it's... this is where I was like, this is the moment where I was like, oh, 
okay. Actually, Satine, never mind. I I I I thought you were. I thought I thought you were a <laughs> but but you got me. You got me. Because she's like, oh, silly writers, you know. You, I I indulged him. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. Like, but essentially, sort of insinuating that like, oh, I let him think that he was in love with me or whatever. But like, obviously, that's not the case. I don't yeah. love him. Duh. I think it's only when she's like flustered and feeling like out of control of the situation that she reacts in yeah. those ways that we saw in the beginning where she's just like she's like okay I don't know what to do with this situation I'm just gonna have I don't know but she arranges to have supper with the duke in order to you know try and save everything because Christian almost fucked yeah. it up and when she later on she's just like Christian you promise because he's like I don't want you to sleep with him and I'm just she's like Christian you promised that you wouldn't be jealous we sang this fucking song uh, <laughs> it's like but like it's it's her line of work it's it's what she was doing before like it, literally it's not like she is like a hairdresser or something is she is someone mm. that sleeps with people in the movie anyway so <laughs> she like sings come with may a little riff to calm him down and she goes to have dinner with the duke so she's wearing all black oh. and it's kind of like a morning veil kind of situation which is which is interesting um it's like the death of love or whatever but uh, come on cinematic language <laughs> but everyone is just sitting in the theater kind of waiting to see what the result will be because she's going there to try and see if maybe she can convince him to keep the ending so they don't have to change the whole end of the play <laughs> and christian is like he's upset and the Argentinian is there just like don't fall in love with a woman who sleeps with people for money it always ends bad and it'll drive you mad Sorry. Oh no, this is Roxanne. This is one of my um, favorite sequences as a child. Uh, oh my god. Same! <laughs> Still now. <laughs> you don't have to put on that right dress. Sell yourself for money. Right, oh, wait, that red light. You don't care if it's wrong or if it is right. And then his part, which is my favorite part, actually. Just like, just everything he's doing, I'm just like, yes, give it to me. I'm living for it. The why does my heart cry? Feelings I can't you. Oh my God, all of it. Just every, just that entire part that Christian's doing, like from beginning to end, love. Roxanne, beginning to end, love. The dancing, beginning to end, love. Oh. So there's a back and forth that's happening. So we see Satine with her dinner, the Duke, 
the Duke gives her this uh, necklace that is just like dripping diamonds and those are real diamonds on that necklace. That necklace is worth like a million dollars. IRL. Oh my god. I'm not joking. It is real. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> he's like, you know, accept this to be mine. You know, like telling her like he'll give her everything that she wants. You know, all of the things that he thinks that she would want to hear. But it's far gone at this point. Like she's acting like she's yeah. interested in him, but she gets him to agree to keep the ending the same while Roxanne is happening and then they're out on the balcony and she sees Christian and she's singing Come What May and I think the dude mm-hmm. comes up behind her and I don't I don't remember if he like kisses her or like what he does but she says no and He's like, no. And he sees Christian down from the balcony as well. And he's like, oh, I see. Yeah. And everything goes to shit immediately. Woo! <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, it does. Oh my gosh. It, is. it gets really violent. Yikes. He gets really violent. Yikes. Yeah, it I mean, it's not like he wasn't full of red flags yeah, before, but... Yeah, no. Like, he already considered her property. <sighs> they go in, and, like, Satine realizes that she's in a great deal of danger because she's, like, trying to escape. They're, like... He's, like, pulling her... Pulling her arms. He's uh, pulling her dress off um, to expose the corset beneath. And it's just... It's not good. And I was just looking at this scene, and I was just like... Was it always like this? I don't remember this. Same. I was like, oh no. <laughs> what actually what happens here? Because I don't like a same. I was like, I don't remember what happens here. What I do not remember a yeah. scene like this. What how does this end? How I was like, I was internally panicking. I was like, does she, does she, does she? but she doesn't. Because chocolate is there, yeah. and I'm just yeah. like, oh, thank God! Oh, so, thank God. <laughs> out of nowhere, but thank God. So, he comes and like decks the Duke and knocks him out. One of many times he's knocked out in this movie. He knocks him out and essentially rescues the teen, and takes the teen to Christian because I guess that's where she wanted to go. And Satine, who is still like she was like sobbing in that room because of what was happening and she's like still in tears by the time she gets to Christian she's like I couldn't go through with it like I I was so tired of pretending I couldn't pretend anymore I love you Christian he's like no it's okay it's okay um let's run away together pack your shit let's go y'all are selfish (laughs) I was like, y'all are so soft. Not that I don't think that she deserves to be away from the Duke and whatever, but I'm just like, he has the title to the Moulin Rouge. It's not just you involved in this situation anymore. All of those people could lose their livelihoods. And you're just like, oh, I don't care about Mm -hmm. the play. I mean, like, Toulouse, like, every, anyway. 
it's it's like I I just felt like the situation was so much more complicated than let's run away together. I was like, that's so that's so yeah. fantastical. Like anyway, and of course Satine, who's just come through this very traumatic experience, um, is like, yeah, okay, I want to leave. Like of course she's gonna agree. So yeah, chocolate chocolate. I don't know. Goes with I think he told chocolate something specific but i don't remember what it is but he takes Satine back to her room and Satine starts to pack her shit like immediately she's like getting ready to go but by this point ziedler has already been to see the duke who is unhappy that um Mm. the boy has poisoned her mind with fantasy and so he's like, you get her to get rid of him or I'm going to have him killed. I'm going to murder that boy. Um, and Zeeler is just like, this is a total shift. Um, killed. Uh, and... <laughs> Yeah, his, his, I mean, we've always, like, had the implication that the Duke's bodyguard is dangerous, but, uh, from, like, we saw the gun in the beginning, like, he flashed it to Toulouse, but he's planning on using it yeah. now. So, <sighs> yes, of course. Chekhov's gun. Ziedler, seeing Satine packing her stuff, is just like, what do you think you're doing? And Satine is like, you made me believe that the only person, the only way that someone would love me is if they I let them sleep with them, sleep with me. But Christian loves me, like he actually loves me, and we're gonna run away together. And but that's after he tells her that um, the Duke is planning on having Christian killed, and she's just like, that doesn't matter. We're we're gonna run away and goodbye, Harold. And as she's at the door, he's like, you're dying, Sadine. And you can see from the way that it makes her stop, like, she knows that that's probably something true. um, Because of how she probably has been feeling. But she's just like, she's asking if it's another trick. But you can kind of see it's like a desperate kind of question. She then asks Marie, and Marie can't help but confirm. And it's, it's, it's just like a tragedy because when she sits down, they have this specific framing. I remember it very clearly, because she's like she starts to, the the lighting on her face becomes kind of blue, and it washes her out and makes her look very ill. Um. And she sits down on mm. what I think is a bed and there's a bird cage right next to her face and the bird inside is like fluttering about very frantically but it is inside the cage. It is trapped in the cage. And yep. she was she was singing the song about being a fool and I was just like, yeah, because you were talking about flying away and you're trapped in this. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got it. I got the fit. I got it. <laughs> but yeah, so now Satine knows 
that she's going to die and she has to convince Christian that she can't be with him. She has to act. She has to pretend because that's the only way to save him is to push him away because otherwise the beak's going to have him killed and she has to continue the show um, just for the, for the for the sake of the moonlighters because she's about to die. So running away is not a plan because she's still going to leave Christian on his own. So it's again better to, in her mind, I guess, mm-hmm. to push him away and hurt him rather than have him love her and then just suddenly lose her. Um, so again, yeah, reiterating on the death of love, we have her wearing this like hat and hat veil that comes over her face once again. It's it's the most demure like I've seen her dress throughout this. Uh, like it's 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 very modest, long sleeve, like tight fitting, but still like all the way, and it's gray, which is like I think the plainest. Well, she's worn black, but it's always been black and very like embroidered or with lace and all those things, and like this outfit is very much not any of that. Yeah. So she goes and she goes to see Christian, and uh, I think they're singing "The Show Must Go On." Uh, the show must go on. The show must go on. Inside my heart is breaking. Let me go. And Christian yeah. sees her and he asks, "What? What's wrong? What's the matter?" Um, and Satine's like, "I've decided to stay with the Duke." He came to me and offered me everything that I wanted. And you can still have a life somewhere else. Uh, but the Moulin Rouge is my home. And it's kind of true. Like, I feel like he could have gone back to England. But. <laughs> or yeah. literally anywhere else in Paris. Like, he came or there. Or literally to anywhere me. else in Paris. I, I have. I take issue because I feel like he wasn't poor when he left England. And he came to France to experience Bohemia. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. So Satine is like telling him all this, and Christian doesn't believe her at first. He's like, "No, there must be something else wrong. Like I, I don't understand." And like you can see, like she's stressed out about it because she's starting to to wheeze. Like she doesn't want to do this, but she manages to to get out fairly yeah. quickly and like just just break his heart really fast um saying that she is the hindu courtesan and she chooses the maharaja and christian mm. christian is upset you know he i think he goes out to like the moulin rouge like in the rain <laughs> like call out to her and he he's like Satine, very much a streetcar named Desire Stella, um, and he gets like his shit rocked <laughs> <Yeah>. by someone <laughs> pulling him away. Toulouse is he's like he's like no, there's gotta be a reason. <laughs> there is no that she loves you. 
<laughs> so Liv is like, I'm not giving up on this. Um, but Christian is not having it. He's, he, he shouts it to Luz to get yeah. out. But he he says that that filled him full of doubt. So he had to go back to the Moulin Rouge one last time. Just to, just to know. Just to know. So he sneaks backstage while the the play is happening. Oh, the play is happening. Um... Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I think it was was fine when they were just rehearsing and they weren't in costume. It was just like, Mm. oh, yeah, it's set in India, whatever. And Mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. the play is actually happening. And I was just like... (laughs) Wow. Wow. This would not be fine. <laughs> this, this this would not be fine now. Like this would be yeah. ripped to shreds now. Um, yeah, which is why I like I feel the need to reiterate why India, <laughs> Baz. <laughs> Could we not have frequented somewhere closer to Paris? Somewhere you know, a neighboring country of sorts. Somewhere where white people exist? I don't know. Just somewhere where white people were just like originated. Yeah, I just, I just, some of those cultures. But no, okay. Uh, <laughs> we have the Sparkling Diamond, which is just like a remix of Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, which the, isn't the... really anything. It's just like like random words from the song, just like, like diamonds, friend, some hand, best friend, look things like that. It's it's sort of like they're redoing the beginning, but sped yeah. up. So we have yeah. like the opening of the court, which is like the Moulin Rouge, and then Satine yeah. descends again. Uh, well, oh no, wait, mm-hmm. she ascended this time. So she came up this time rather than coming down. So she ascended from beneath the stage. Um, and so she's doing diamonds are a girl's best friend again and then we have the moment where she wheezes and she almost faints but she doesn't um Mm -hmm. and then we have the maharaja saying she is mine the end where she looks off and then we have the fucking duke like in the audience just like she's mine (laughs) you slimy little frog i hate it So um Toulouse is with the Argentinian and he's he's talking about what a wonderful play it is and all of these things, but he doesn't notice that the Argentinian narcolepsy strikes up again and he passes out and he rolls down stage similar again to the beginning but and he rolls in front of christian which is again similar in front of beginning and the christian then assumes his part like he did in the beginning (laughs) so everything (laughs) is still happening again it's the beginning of the movie again Mm -hmm. so christian then puts on his costume and takes his part in the play so he puts on the Argentinian's costume. Satine goes backstage and Marie is trying to like take care of her by having her drink some kind of tincture. And so Christian comes into Satine's dressing room and he's just like, I've come to pay my bill. 
And I'm just like, boy, if you don't get out of here. <laughs> like, that's not I was like, this disrespectful little shit. <laughs> I was like, can you just not? Like, what do you expect to achieve with this? I don't understand. Literally. Literally. But she's like, no, no, no. And then, like, in the middle of all of this, Toulouse's still like, there has to be a reason. Mm-hmm. I gotta figure out the figure out the reason. And I'm like, Toulouse, you're still on that. <laughs> the play is happening. Like, priorities, my guy. So, because the bodyguard, when um, Ziedler is backstage, comes up to Ziedler, and it's like the boy's here, and he's like, but I told Satine that if he were to come around her again, he would be killed. Um, and Toulouse overhears yeah. that, and it's like. That's why she's pushing him away. That is the reason. <laughs> uh, it's to protect him. I have to find him. Christian! <laughs> uh, <laughs> As he's been hoisted up. <laughs> Meanwhile, Christian is like chasing after Satine. Like doing... With his fucking money. Doing the, the absolute most. And he's like, tell me it wasn't real. Tell me. Tell me the truth. Tell me all of these things. Like they're in front of the door as they're having this little argument, mm-hmm. and the Maharaja like sort of says like open the door or something like that, and they open the door, mm-hmm. and it's obviously like Christian and like Satine, and the audience is like, huh? And Zeger's like, you won't fool. Me. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. Now you have uh, changed your face, essentially. I can see that you are the same sitar player. <laughs> and everyone's like, ah, ah yeah, 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 yeah. No, that well, that's sense. great. Oh my God. <laughs> um, Imagine. And they, Christian essentially like drags her down the stairs and throws Satine on the floor. And bro, he's like, he, he throws the money down and is like, I've paid my whore. And it's like, hmm. Uh, and then he he says the line that is I owe you nothing, thank you for curing me of my um, ridiculous infatuation with love, something like that. But he's yeah. like sobbing as he says it, and he like struts off the stage. And of course, Ziedler as the Maharaja is like the sitar player doesn't love you. See, he's fleeing the kingdom as he walks down the aisle. Satine is like. She's just, she's just crying on the stage. Ziedler's like next to her. It's like, you know, it's for the best. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but like also, like, in, I'm in her shoes right now. And I'm like, I'm dying. The man I love just like fucking called me a whore in front of all of these people. Just like threw money at me and said like, I don't fucking love you anymore because like you were mean to me and like walked off. And like, I'm going through a lot right now. Like... <laughs> Like, oh my gosh. She's just having a rough time. She's like, I can't do this. Like, I was literally just trying to save your life, but okay. And then, uh, I guess in the play, I don't know what song they would have sung here, but she's like, raise your voice to the heavens and say your wedding vows. And she starts to sing Come What May. Of course. Which, you know, is, is their secret song which was cut out of the play and mm-hmm. Christian 
because I was focused, I didn't realize that this was the point when he takes his like white sitar player jacket off. Because I was always wondering, like, when did that happen? Like, you were walking down the aisle, <laughs> but this is when. Yeah. So he's still leaving, and Satine starts to sing, and he's he like pauses, but then he's like trying to get the resolve to keep going, but he can't, you know. And she's like calling out to him with with her heart and and then he he turns around he's like come what may audience is like oh my god an immersive experience (laughs) i love it Oh god. So Christian starts to come back up the aisle. So Teen is so happy. He's he's back up on the stage and they're singing into each other's mouths, you know, it's a whole thing. Uh, <laughs> no, that's just like I just I just they are. Um and you know, the assassin is still trying to, you know, assassinate Christian, but Toulouse comes crashing down. And he's like, they're trying to kill you. This entire time. Because he was like, yeah, because he's like, what is my line? What is my line? Oh, yeah. Like, what line, my guy? But I think, wait, is that when he said, he says the the only thing? That's yeah. right before, that's right before. Christian turns around, Yeah, right? that's before. Like that's the, before she starts. The only thing you'll ever <laughs> is just to love or be loved in return and that's when he comes back and is like blah, 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 yeah. blah, whatever yes but now he says they're trying to kill you he was, he was hanging on by a rope it wasn't doing well for him but yes uh, they're trying to kill you and he like knocked into the person with the gun and like the 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 little little petite princess uh, saw it and like ran away screaming and like just chaos on stage now. Everything, everyone's running around. Like I forgot to mention, like the comp- <laughs> so there's this bit where the composer has all of these other bald composers uh, with him. <laughs> I was, I was, <laughs> yes. Like all yes. the other musicians are uh, thin, bald-headed men. Yes. Uh, but I bring this up because the assassin, the guard, is trying the, to get the yeah, gun. He is also a bald man. <laughs> and he, he like moseys his way in between the instruments, shaking a tambourine, and he like fits in with the group of bald men <laughs> as he passes through trying to get to the gun uh, before um, yeah. the little princess drops a bag, a sandbag on his head. That's a great bit. It's <laughs> a great bit. Um, <laughs> And I think they're singing um, Children of the Revolution. Everything. Yeah. They're singing all of the songs. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're singing um, The Show Must Go On. There's Come What May Still Happening. Your song is also happening somewhere, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, no, they managed to um, get the gun off of the stage. They knock out the guard. And it goes, the gun goes down the aisle as the Duke is leaving. He's just like, oh, whatever. And he hears the gun clatter behind him and he picks it up and he's like, no, my way, my way, my, uh, mm-hmm. and Ziedler comes and punches his lights out before he can shoot anyone on stage. And I was just like, oh, I did not know that you had that in you. 
and Susie's there. The curtain closes. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh my God, such a great show. Meanwhile, <laughs> behind the curtain. Yeah, they're like, everyone, okay, get ready for the curtain call encore. And Christian is like, ready to like head back out, you know, for the bows and stuff. And Satine is gasping for her life. She cannot breathe. Mm -hmm. And it's just she starts to collapse and Christian catches her and is asking what's wrong and she is just wheezing and she's like I'm so sorry I'm I'm dying she's coughing and there's like a little aesthetic trickle of blood next to her mouth um, I'm, just, I'm just saying yeah. she's like telling him to like write their story you know, so so she'll always be with you, and she's singing "Come with me," and you know, it's just just all the things to like make sure that he knows that she loves him. And Christian yeah. is, he's like crying, yeah, sad, crying, sobbing, like hearing you and McGregor cry is a very distinct Ooh. memory in my mind of Marsh because <laughs> he's. My heart way wailing. I don't think I had seen someone cry like that in a movie before, or at least not a man. Anyway, well, I was just like, mm. okay, 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 acting, <laughs> and it's it's the it's a terrible juxtaposition because it is silent backstage. Oh my god, it is yeah, because like he is okay, so it's okay. <laughs> So it's like a combination of her like gasping, yeah. him sobbing, <laughs> everyone just like staring at this happen. Yeah. And I think the thing that made me cry was like when they would turn away mm-hmm. from the two and just like show everyone else mm-hmm. staring at them. Cause it's like, you can just hear all of this happen in the back. It's just like, it was just like, ugh, ugh. Yeah. <sighs> Because this is happening. You got me, Baz. You got me. <laughs> this is happening and everything is quiet except for Christian crying. And then it, it pans out and up and you can see the crowd beyond the curtain is still cheering. And and then yeah. up and out beyond that, it is quiet in the Parisian night except for the Duke walking away, thinking that he's lost, yeah. you know because he's yeah. leaving but no one won because yeah. Satine died Christian lost his love the Duke I mean the play was a success but the Duke <laughs> lost like respect he lost face Pride, he lost I guess. yeah no one won his ego was a little bruised yeah and yet now Christian is alone in his apartment just writing this love story of this woman that he loved for the brief time that he had her and he came to and this is where I'm like sir you do not need to be writing this part because he's like and now uh, here I am writing this (laughs) I'm like you don't need to tell us we know we can we're reading and I'm writing this (laughs) what the fuck Oh, anyways. Yeah. I mean, it took him a few months, though. I mean, to be fair, he had to, like, tell us, like, it took him, like, a bit of time 
to will sure. himself into because I can imagine like that would break your heart like that would like destroy you a little of course. bit that is Moulin Rouge I think the last a story about blah 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 something something but a story above of love, all a, a story about love that will live forever the end and then the end <laughs> and then you get nature boy again the Toulouse singing the yeah. greatest thing you ever learned is just to love and be loved in turn yeah then the curtain closes. And then the curtain closes <laughs> and we can see the little tiny ball-headed conductor man <laughs> as everything goes dark in the meta-narrative of this play within a play. Ooh, yeah. Mr. Lerman. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the movie. Well, without further ado, that is let us get into our ratings so with our standard rhetoric of five we'll start with as we always do music and choreography so as this is a jukebox musical um none of the songs are new they're all taken from elsewhere but i give them uh points for not just using like the songs directly they use melodies they they use medleys they change the tempo, they um, intermix some of the songs, um, like the, 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 the Roxanne medley is amazing because we were talking about it uh, <laughs> and just how like the police version of Roxanne is yeah. a distinctly different vibe yep. than the Roxanne <laughs> medley. <laughs> that happens in the film. It's a very different vibe. Yeah. So, uh, but I appreciate like the drama that they add to it. I give them points for like not just having a direct copy of some of the songs in the in the music and the choreography. In terms of like how the movie is filmed, they don't like showcase the choreo that much, mm-hmm. um, except for like certain points. There's not like moments where there are like big dramatic uh dance moves that are being shown if they show like a coordinated dance sequence like in the Roxanne sequence or uh when they were doing the like a virgin sequence um even the can-can in in the beginning the the Moulin Rouge like it was all choreographed and I, I I appreciate all of it but none of it like stood out so especially to me I, I i i don't know maybe that's just me because i've seen the movie so many times like nothing like jumps out mm. at me in terms of the choreography stylistically but i appreciate that it's there so i think for music and choreography i would give it it's a, it's always so hard to like i mention this every time it's always so hard to rate jukebox musicals yeah because I, I feel like i'm rating the actual songs maybe i should rate like the decision to put these particular songs in there yeah so based on that i'll give it like a i'll give it a 4.25 mm-hmm. uh yeah 4.25 out of five diamond necklaces nice yeah i think the way that they arrange 
some of the songs is like really interesting, including like Like a Virgin, like we talked about before, like <laughs> Roxanne, absolutely. But yeah, I think all of the medleys are so good and like memorable. Maybe it's a bias because <laughs> I watched this as a child and like, and I was, I, I like clung to it. I was like, yes, movie musical. I'm I'm a child, um, so that's kind of a formative like memory experience thing uh, going on. I agree with the choreography thing. I think it wasn't really like a focus here. Like it was kind of there because that's what musical numbers have in a way, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. But it wasn't like showcased in a way that's like it is also an important part of the musical number. It's just kind of like a supplementary thing. But also, it's not like the dancing's awful. It's like great dancing. It's just like not filmed in a way that like makes it look great, like that makes it like look important, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like we've seen movies in our little catalog of movies that we've watched where like choreography is like really, really shown. And like, I think because of that, because I think of those movies, because I think of like the West Side stories, the In the Heights is, I don't know, why am I still in New York? But whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, because I've, we've seen like movies like that that like really do look at choreography like that. I, I'm, I, I'm a little sad that we don't get to see the choreography like really shown. Cause like, it is cool. like. The like a virgin sequence i'm like i was living for it i was like yes please show me more show me show me these people like doing fucking show <laughs> show tunes version of madonna's like a virgin like i am living regardless though like i still fucking enjoy all of it um and i will give it i'll give it a four i will give it four out of five diamond necklaces okay so next we have story so we touched <laughs> we touched on it a little bit in the beginning with all of our false starts <laughs> about how meta the story is with it having the play inside that is telling both the past present and future of the narrative of christian and Satine, which is taking place within the context of the film which draws inspiration from La Boheme and also Orpheus and Eurydice. The, the layers, thick, mm -hmm. thick layers. Mm -hmm. But for, I think because it it's meta in that way, if you were to like be paying attention and like get the bits of foreshadowing that are being told in the narrative of the play of the Maharaja and the courtesan and the sitar player, it's actually kind of cool that you can like take those pieces and then apply them to what is about to happen to Christian and Satine and the Duke. Um, so I guess in that way, I kind of like how they made that meta narrative uh, into a reality with foreshadowing in the play that Christian was writing, like he was writing, foretelling his own destiny, yeah, in a way, 
yeah no which then makes me like drawing to question like how much of it was actually truth because it's it's we have then christian who is typing this story months later so how much of what he's telling us about what happened in that play is like a fabrication like how much of it was actually true and how much of it because he is a writer yeah and he comes off a bit naive in some cases of this story but how much of that is him playing at his own naivety of what's happening when in his play he can tell what this kind of character and what these kinds of players ultimately result in i don't know it's very uh, thick and (laughs) i i don't know like a jukebox musical should not be very deep but i i think that's why you can come back to this story a few times it's just like you can you can like get bits because a lot of this went over my head when i was younger so coming back to it as an adult and like being able to like put together and getting upset at Christian for entirely new reasons. It's great. I, I'm I've not actually spoken anything about the actual story of Christian and Satine. <laughs> Realizing that Christian and Satine's love story I don't hate. You know, I we have I have a thing about romance on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And even though they kind of fall in love initially, it doesn't feel like crazy kind of like I love you till death love it mm. it feels like oh there's this spark of something uh between us and because we get to watch that blossom and grow over the however long it takes them to rehearse this play and then like acknowledging like it, it could be infatuation it could just be you know like the fact that they're acknowledging that is something that I appreciate because I just, I don't like love that is thrust upon us as as it's like, oh, these people are in love now, here. Like, that's the kind of romance I don't like. <laughs> and it feels initially like that's what's going to happen, but it's not. And I think getting to see, like, these little snippets of moments where, like, Satine is watching Christian write bits of his play... You know, just like the the private moments that they would have with each other, I think helps really sell that to me. The Duke... (laughs) The Duke is a character. I feel like because we only see him in the context of Christian's narrative, he comes across maybe a little more evil and like a character. Yeah, he comes off as more of a caricature of a person than... Because, again, this is Christian telling us his version of this story. Yeah. So if if the Duke comes across a certain way, how much of that is the real person? How much of that is Christian's interpretation? Because he's still angry at what he put them through. Like, I don't know. So yeah, the story of the Moulin Rouge is interesting and uh, I like it. So I'll give it, um, again, I think 4.25 out of 5 typewriters. Nice. Now that you mention it, I think, like, how does he know about that, like, scene that happens after she sings, like, the scene that both of us 
literally forgot existed in the movie where Le Chocolat comes and saves the day. Like, how does he know? Did Le Chocolat come and tell him that subsequently at some point? Like, also, by the way, now that you're grieving your dead girlfriend, let me tell you about the night before. Or did he just, like, make up the sequence of events? Anyways, um, <laughs> the story of uh, the Melange. I liked it. I, It is, like dense in that way of like the meta of the meta of the meta because it's like everything's referencing everything (laughs) there's like foreshadowing galore it's just like there's a lot going on but it's still like followable it's not like it's like something that you're like watch for the first time and you're like what because like i said it like um, maybe a hundred times already, but like I watched this when I was ten. So like if I understood it at ten, you're fine. It's it's just a love story, right? Like boy comes to Paris to write and live the bohemian life and fall in love and stuff. He sees a woman. He's like cool. Well, actually, he gets roped into writing a play. In that process, falls in love with the lead actress, who is also a lady of the night who has always been a lady of the night but also now he's like has to grapple with that part of her life as he's falling in love with her and she's falling in love with him but there's also this other player like it's it is an interesting like little story i like it yeah i have nothing else to say so i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it yeah i'll give it 4.25 typewriters and then Finally, overall enjoyment. Me? I mean! <laughs> <laughs> there is like, like, we have spoken about this movie for so long. I feel like the general vibe is that we enjoy it. Um, I don't know how else to put it to you. Uh, <laughs> like, I have seen this film so many times and I don't get bored of it like there are parts that i can look away from purely because i already know what's happening (laughs) like if 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 i look away during this movie it is because i genuinely already know what's happening apart from the scenes that i just did not remember like that one particular scene um that my my mind just blocked from my memory somehow then i i continue to enjoy it and maybe it's a nostalgia thing or maybe it's just that good of a film i don't know but yes no i enjoy moulin rouge a great deal i mean it has its problematic bits it does i'm not gonna we fully acknowledge and are aware Mm -hmm. (laughs) that it has a whole end parts that are just real problems in the modern times and it makes sense in the context of the movie but in the real world no so you know giving it it's it's 20 years ago leeway i think i'll give it i'll give i'll give it i'll give it a 4.25 i was like it's a number gonna change no it's a 4.25 out of five yeah solid solid 4.25.5 elephant rooms nice it's pretty obvious i like Moulin Rouge it's not it's it's it would be really shocking if I came 
it came to this point and I was like, actually, you guys, I really hated this fucking movie. So like, I, there's nothing really to say other than like, again, echoing what I said at the top, it is part of what I love to refer to as the Baz Luhrmann, like trio of chaotic, tragic love stories. I love those movies so much, all three of them. I once watched all three <laughs> in a row in a night. It was an experience. A lot happens in all of them, but this one the most uh, in terms of visually specifically. Like I cannot stress to you em enough that like at least the first maybe 15 minutes of this movie is like sensory overload. So much is happening. The editors were going wild. It was like, <laughs> people were having fun. People were having fun in the editing room. I, and I love that for them. So, you know, I love, I, I really like the movie. I really like the songs. I really like everybody. I, Nicole Kidman, I'm just, uh, love her. And I wouldn't, like I, we have acknowledged that mm, problems. And I wouldn't blame anyone who like watched it and was like, actually, no. Like I wouldn't blame you if you got to like the last, I don't like it's a 20 minutes or like the last 20 minutes and you were like, actually, no, this ruined everything for me. I would, I, you know, I concede. Um, Cause it's a totally fair criticism. Um, I think it's like, again, like whether or not it was like 20 years ago, it's like a, such a strange fucking decision. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I feel really weird about it. I feel conflicted about it, but I, <laughs> I do like the movie. So uh, I will give it, I'ma give it, I'ma give it, I'ma give it a 4.25. I'ma give it a 4.25 elephant rooms as well. Obsession. <laughs> Obsessions. Now's the time for our obsessions. Okay. Hi. That wasn't descriptive any in any way. Uh, so obsessions. This is a part of the podcast where we like talk about stuff in theater, movies, musical theater, performance, blah blah blah, that we are interested in, caught our eye, news, all that stuff. I have a couple, and so I'll just like jump in. Okay. So the Grammys happened. They did, and they did. So I would I. If you watch the Grammys or you know anything about the Grammys, you will know that Baron Barlow, Abigail, and Emily <laughs> won a freaking Grammy! Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have yelled, but I'm excited for them. They won a Grammy. Um, <laughs> they won a Grammy. It's exciting. And... Um, of course, you know, this is for um, the the unofficial Bridgerton musical. And I'm like, that's so exciting. It's for the best musical theater album. I'm so excited for them. I don't know. I have like nothing else to say other than like, that's awesome. And I just like love that for them. Uh, there was also the In Memoriam montage that was under, no, underscore, I guess would be the term. With Ben Platt, Rachel Ziegler, Cynthia Erivo, and Leslie Odom Jr., 
who all sang somewhere from uh, West Side Story, which was a kind of a tribute. I mean, it is a tribute to Stephen Sondheim, but like there's obviously a bunch of other people who are also in the In Memoriam at the Grammys. Other things, Wait in the Wings. So by the time this episode comes out, Wait in the Wings will have like uploaded like I mean they do sort of like documentary style video essay type videos on Superbia. It's called Superbia, a confusing history of a failed musical. So that's fun and exciting and fun and exciting. So you know, go and watch it. And second to last for me, Wanu Agunfawara sang Listen from the bubbly black girl sheds her chameleon skin at the Broadway sessions. And it's really good. So you gotta check that out. And like my last thing is actually related to the episode, which is that <laughs> the rusical from this season, the current season that's happening as we're like, as right now as we're recording, of RuPaul's Drag Race, it was the Mulan Ru, which is fun and exciting because it's like connected. It's great. It was also like <laughs> one of like the better ones I've ever seen because <laughs> um, like they're not always my favorite. Like I, as much as I'm like, yeah, the Rusical, <laughs> they're not always like that enjoyable, but this one was pretty fun. And yeah, the, those are those are all the things for me. Okay, so if we, I think we mentioned K-pop the musical briefly before when in connection to Superbia when we were talking about Tick Tick Boom because one of the people from K-pop the musical was in the scene uh, where uh, he was doing the first presentation of Superbia in the theater camp uh, when they had all of those all of those people there. So. They announced a couple more um, members of the cast for K-pop the musical. Uh, so we have Luna from FX, um, one of the, the main villains, Kevin Wu from Yukis, Min Young Lee from Miss A, and Bok Young Kim from Spica and half of the duo of Kim Kimbo. It's supposed to be an immersive musical, so I don't know. <laughs> um, what what that means in terms of this because we don't really have a summary of what the musical is about <laughs> i mean that in the best way possible i genuinely just don't know what this musical is about yeah. except that it's gonna be about what it's like to be doing k-pop but like the behind the scenes bits mm. so i don't know but yeah, that's 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 me. <laughs> okay, uh, you can see all of our obsessions and the links to everything that we're talking about on our Tumblr. That's tell me more, tell me more podcast and you can follow us on our other social media, Twitter and Instagram at tmm tmm podcast. We have an email, tell me more, tell me more podcast at gmail.com. And yeah, we have play we have playlists with the songs that we like from all the movies that we cover. Um, so long as there is a soundtrack or cast recording, 
on Spotify. And that is if you go to Spotify and you go to the profile for Tell Me TMM TMM podcast and not the podcast itself, you will find a playlist for every year that this podcast has existed. Thank you for listening to this episode. We have another episode coming up. Um, still, we will be in Paris uh, for April. <laughs> that is a theme. Um, but this time it'll be in French, so that will be fun. So look out for that. I uh, I hope to hope you come along. It'll be a fun time. But until then, for Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast, I have been your host, Leah. And I've been your host, Adicia. Goodbye. Goodbye.